This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskag Today. It's brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, the leader of a farm group has been busy talking with a number of people around Saskatchewan about the drought and what could be done to address it. Canola and wheat futures were down a bit this week and PI Financial's Adam Bacallo breaks it all down. And Ag Smart has wrapped up for another year at Olds College in Alberta. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities has been busy this summer working on the drought issue. Ray Orb has been touring areas affected by dry conditions talking with rural municipality officials and attending town hall meetings hosted by the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. The conditions have been forcing RMs to declare agricultural disasters, and ORB has an updated total. 39 RMs that have uh, declared uh, that they're in disaster situation because of the drought, and some of them are asking for help specifically for livestock producers right now. And so, uh, although it's been in the news, SARM has been uh, following this quite closely as well. And, uh, and and we're trying, you know, to get to some of the producer meetings that, that the SCA has been sponsoring and uh, listening to producers in those areas, but also listening to our our RMs, uh, you know, the REES and the, and the councillors that are relaying their concerns to us as well. He's hopeful no more RMs declare an agricultural disaster, but expects the list to grow from 39 in the next week or so. Orb says crops have either been abandoned or being baled or used for forage and urges grain farmers to help their cattle counterparts during this difficult time. He believes SAS Crop Insurance is doing the best they can to try to help producers evaluate their crop yields. And I know that producers are asking for better programs and something that, you know, SARM has been working with the SCA and the the Stockers Association as well to try and get some better forage insurance programs. But those are more, I think, medium and long-term goals, unfortunately. uh, The short term is we've heard a lot of producers say that they could use some help uh, in the trucking industry and perhaps they can assist them somehow uh, if they do need to bring hay in. And I know that the province has asked the federal government to look at, you know, agri-recovery as being uh, another program. And I think there has been an assessment done on that. And I suppose we're waiting for the federal government to reply on that. Orb is optimistic that the federal government will respond quickly to the province's request for an assessment on agri-recovery. But that is dependent on Provincial Ag Minister David Merritt pushing his federal counterpart, Lawrence McCauley, to be proactive. I have confidence that he's doing that. And so... uh, I wouldn't say I'm overly optimistic that the federal government would come up with the right idea, but I still think that they would value Western Canadian agriculture as being very critical to, you know, the national uh, uh, GDP. And also, you have to think about the welfare of the ranchers and the farmers and their families. uh, And if there is help, I think it needs to be provided sooner than later. 
Orb says there's more than one solution to the problem, such as federal and provincial programs, but those need to be delivered on a timely basis in order for them to work. One solution Orb has an eye on is the Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Project and is wondering where the province is at with the project. Back in February, the province said it was in the early planning phase. I'm talking about Lake Diefenbaker and I'm also talking about other parts of the province, you know, because when there's drought, you know, water is such a, that's a valuable commodity. And I know uh, that the province is, uh, you know, I think they're struggling with, with this a little bit and that would uh, go back to the federal government, you know, providing funding because I know in the original, the press uh, announcement that the province issued, it said it mentioned the National Infrastructure Bank. And I'm not sure if Saskatchewan is prepared as a province to borrow a lot of money to finish this project, you would think that the federal government would be providing their share of the funding, just like they do for any other major infrastructure project in, in any province in Canada. But So I think that's something that we'd like to discuss with Minister McCauley and uh, probably the uh, federal infrastructure minister, uh, Fraser, as well. And uh, in October, seems like a long time away, but the months go by pretty quickly. We'll be traveling to Ottawa, so that'll be on our agenda to talk about that. And also, we'll be meeting with uh, WSA uh, in the next couple of weeks to get a report, get an update from them what's happening with the uh, irrigation expansion project. In the interim, he's talked with Minister Merritt on a regular basis. I spoke to the um, provincial ag minister this morning, and he relayed to me his you know, concerns and the concerns that they're hearing are well as well, and I think those are the same concerns that we're hearing from producers uh, too. But we've been meeting, and we plan to meet again uh, with the uh, stock growers and the SCA to uh, to see uh, what their plan is. And I know a lot of this uh, is contingent on you know what their boards uh, think the next step should be. But uh, I wouldn't rule out talking to the federal minister of agriculture to see uh you know mr mccauley what do you have uh in mind to help our western uh, canadian farmers and keeping in mind we have saskatchewan farmers we have alberta farmers that are under the same pressure and think that action needs to be taken that's sarm president ray orb back with saskag today with ryan young on 620 ckrm this segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca Canola and wheat futures went down this week. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Bacallow, says the ICE Futures November canola contract was down about $17 a ton to around $790. September Minneapolis wheat was down about 78 cents to around $8.32 a bushel on the week. It seems that there's a few different things kind of going on right now, especially on, on the wheat front. Biggest thing being the market is reassessing global supplies with, you know, a potential kind of disruptions in Ukraine and, and Russian exports as well right now, too. Uh, it seems that news like that is definitely driving the market right now. Uh, so the very important Russian export hub was hit by a 
sea drone um, overnight and actually damaging a Russian ship. So there's been a lot of talk of things like that uh, going on right now, especially in the crude oil market as well, too. So there's a few different factors, I would say, that are kind of causing the volatility. And right now, it seems that there's maybe a new piece of news that uh, kind of affects the next day. So the prairies do remain dry. Uh, However, western North Dakota is seeing some rains. So I do expect, you know, at the risk of escalating events in the Black Sea over the weekend. uh, And that's where we might even see some short covering today um, or traders buying back their short positions in the market just to not have that risk over the weekend. So are those factors influencing both wheat futures and canola futures or does it weigh more towards the wheat side? Uh, It seems that it's maybe weighing a little bit more towards the wheat side of things. Um, However, not saying that it can't kind of affect the whole market. Uh, You know, when it comes to kind of soybeans, uh, soybean oil, uh, the the weather does remain actually bearish on the soybean side uh, in the U.S. Um, And what I'm kind of seeing here is that I think with this bullish, uh, there's been some bullish weather, um, but again, the crop is, um, you know, really still in the States looking quite strong. So I, I'm kind of seeing again on the soybean side, that's kind of contributed to canola going a little bit lower here recently. But again, with the crop conditions in Canada, I don't believe that we're going to see, let's say, a hundred dollar a ton drop in canola anytime soon. Is there anything else that we should be looking out for? You know, one kind of major shift here kind of recently has been the U.S. dollar kind of seeing like it's at a bit of a peak here right now. Um, And I believe that as well has been positive for crude oil. So crude oil is above its 200-day moving average, above this $80 crucial level. Today, we're sitting at about $82 a barrel. Uh, And that should just bode well for for oil seeds as well, too, and and canola. So uh, today, there was actually some pretty much on-par numbers for the jobs out of the states. Um, And that's been kind of supportive here. So for the stock market, which should flow into the commodities being positive as well. Adam Bacallo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Rod McDonald of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. CN and CP Rail have submitted their annual grain transportation plans to the federal government. They're required by law to submit plans to the federal transport minister each year. CN says it plans to move up to 7,800 cars or 744,000 metric tons of bulk grain and grain products each week outside of winter and up to 6,250 cars or 595,000 tons per week during winter. Those numbers are unchanged from the 2022-23 crop year. CP says it plans to move 685,000 metric tons per week outside winter and 525,000 tons per week during the winter months. This represents a slight increase over CP's weekly commitment last year. Cargill says its fiscal 2023 revenue was up 7% from a year earlier to $177 billion, the highest ever for the 158-year-old company. 
Cargill Piers, Archer Daniels Midland, and Bungie also reported solid earnings in their most recent quarters and raised their profit outlooks for the year. Robust demand for food, animal feed, and biofuel and global supply disruptions such as war and major crop exporter Ukraine have elevated profits for grain merchants. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization is concerned that global food prices are rising since Russia pulled out of a deal allowing Ukraine to ship grain out of Black Sea ports. Vegetable oil prices jumped over 12% between June and July. Sunflower oil prices surged 15% on fresh uncertainties about supplies following the end of the grain deal. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization is also worried about the impact of India restricting some of its rice exports, which is prompting hoarding and raising substantial food security concerns for a large swath of the world's population. Agricultural chemical and seed company Corteva has cut its annual sales expectations as demand for its crop protection products shows signs of contraction. Corteva says it expects net sales of between $17.9 billion and $18.2 billion this year, but below its previous sales forecast of $18.6 billion to $18.9 billion. The company spun off in 2019 after a merger of Dow Chemical and DuPont said its net sales during the second quarter fell about 3% to just over $6 billion as it saw a 29% decrease in volume in its crop protection segment. However, Corteva's net sales from its seed business rose 8% from a year ago, aided by strong prices and increased corn acres in North America that helped offset volume declines driven by Europe, the Middle East, and Asia, as well as Russia. The federal government is kicking in close to a million dollars to help the hog sector in Manitoba prepare for the possibility of African swine fever entering the country. The Manitoba Pork Council will utilize the funds to undertake several projects that aim to enhance efforts to control wild pigs in the province, develop an integrated response plan, and encourage the adoption of best management practices to improve biosecurity measures through targeted awareness campaigns. African swine fever is a contagious and deadly viral disease affecting both domestic and wild pigs. It's not a threat to human health and cannot be transmitted from pigs to humans. And the Manitoba government is encouraging Manitobans to shop, cook, dine, and celebrate the quality and diversity of local and Canadian foods and cuisine by participating in the 20th anniversary of Food Day Canada coming up tomorrow. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Derek Johnson says he encourages people across the province to take part in the conversation about all the ways that we grow and enjoy food. Johnson says since it began in 2003, Food Day Canada has become one of the country's largest and longest-running celebrations of the people and products that make Canada's food industry great. He says he invites all Manitobans to celebrate our amazing diversity of food and cuisine as part of Food Day Canada. 
Manitobans are encouraged to visit www.fooddaycanada.ca to share stories about how they're celebrating Canadian and local food and farming. And that's today's Ag Review. It's your agri-weather forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit Moose Jaw Truck Shop. Dot com. Today, partly cloudy and hazy. Winds from the north at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour. High of 30 degrees with the Humidex 32. Tonight, partly cloudy. North wind at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour. Then becoming light and a low of 15. Tomorrow, sunny with winds from the north at 30 kilometers an hour in the morning. High of 26 degrees, the low 11. Sunday, sunshine. High of 26, the low 11. Monday, sunny, high of 28, a low of 13. Tuesday, cloudy and a 40% chance of showers, high of 20, the low 9. Wednesday, partly cloudy, high of 21 degrees, and then back to the double digits for a low of 10 degrees. And Thursday, cloudy with a 40% chance of showers, high of 21 degrees. Normal highs for this period are at 26, normal lows 11. Sun rose at 5.30 this morning, and the sun will set at 8.38 tonight. Taking a look around the province, not as warm as it was yesterday. Estevan, Swift Current, 24, Saskatoon, 23, Weyburn and Yorkton, 25. Warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Val Marie at 26, cool spot in Key Lake at 17. In Regina, it's a partly cloudy sky. Winds from the west-southwest only at 3 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 57%, temperature is at 25 degrees or 77 Fahrenheit. The barometric pressure is at 101.9 and rising. Meanwhile, down the road in Moose Jaw, there is some smoke. Winds are out of the northeast at 13 kilometers an hour, and the temperature, again, 25 degrees. Once again in Regina, it is partly cloudy. Winds from the west-southwest at 3 kilometers an hour, and the temperature, 25 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to SaskAg Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of SaskAg Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. When it comes to treating sick livestock, proper injection technique is always important to make sure that animal safety, producer safety, and food quality are top priority. Sometimes typical drug delivery isn't possible, such as in remote locations without handling facilities. In those cases, cattle producers and their veterinarians may see the need for remote drug delivery devices. However, dart guns, yes, dart guns, have pros and cons and can pose a challenge to achieving treatment best practices. The Beef Cattle Research Council has developed new resources to help beef cattle producers with decisions about when and how to use remote drug delivery devices like dart guns. Alberta veterinarian Dr. Roy Lewis explains. BCRC's decision tree provides guidance on whether to treat the animal and if you do when it's appropriate to use the dart guns versus you know, the handling facility and going to that length of effort. 
I know most of you might do this intuitively. You'll make that decision, but it's always good to conscientiously think about the do's and don'ts when considering using the dart gun and using it when you, you know, when is the best appropriate time to. You're, you're trying to stick to those same beef quality guidelines on injections and the amount of product in one spot and all those sorts of things that we want to think about. And I guess the probably the most important thing with all of these things that we treat is is having the uh, accurate diagnosis for the prudent use of antimicrobials. We don't want to use them when we when we don't have to. So having that diagnosis is is super important. Dr. Lewis says the goal is to try and administer any treatment the same way a producer would in a squeeze chute. He says darts are getting better at administering the product when the right length of needle is selected. By proper dart selection and needle size and adhering to the right dosage, the product should be administered correctly. In reviewing the Canadian uh, sales of these darts, uh, over 95% of them are the half-inch needle for subcutaneous usage. Three-quarter inch needles on the darts are probably what, what are going to be used in uh, to give subcutaneously enlarged bulls because of the thickness of their hide. This tells me, really, when I look at this, that everyone is trying to give products subcutaneously, as that is what the label is stating. You are trying to do your best at, at getting it in the right spot. A new five-minute video and brochure for cattle producers is now available at beefresearch.ca. The Beef Cattle Research Council is Canada's industry-led funding agency for beef, cattle, and forage research. The BCRC is funded through a portion of the Canadian Beef Cattle Checkoff, as well as government and industry funding, and is directed by a committee of beef producers from across the country. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, Smelltown Lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com AgSmart has wrapped up for another year at Olds College in Olds, Alberta. A number of sessions were held over the two days earlier this week, including one from Megs Reynolds. The founder of Do More Ag, which has been around for five years now, was one of the presenters on the first day. In your presentation yesterday, you began with a short video of yourself that you shot, I think it was five years ago, on your farm. When you watch that video now, what goes through your mind? So the video, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, um, it's me in a barn crying with my horses, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like I suck as a parent, that I failed as a farmer, that I've you know failed as a spouse. And what I see now when I watch that is someone who is not in a good place. My battery's completely drained and I'm experiencing burnout. At the time, I didn't even know what the symptoms of burnout were or that I was in a place that I should be reaching out to have a conversation with someone and, and probably learning some coping skills to help support me and not getting to that place again is that common i mean in the ag industry you know they say well you know we'll suck it up and we'll put in the extra hours and it'll be better next year but we don't talk about our feelings very very common there's you know we're very stoic in agriculture um i think the the phrase there's always next year can be harmful at times because we never give ourselves a pause and grace to process what we just experienced whether that's a loss of a crop uh, or maybe it's of animals through disease um and 
so we don't we're very good at pushing everything down not showing what's bothering us um, sometimes not even acknowledging that something's bothering us you know there's that saying cowboy up for a reason right and there's only so long that you can do that you, we, we don't have true resiliency without making sure that our mental health is in a good place our battery is fully charged and so you know what Dumore is doing is we're really trying to work uh, together with the industry so that people feel comfortable having conversations about mental health and are able to acknowledge and uh, realize when something's going on with themselves or someone else and then connect to the supports that exist. That's Megs Reynolds with Do More Egg, and they're offering a new service for farmers and ranchers who need someone to talk to called Egg Talk. You can find out more by going to domore.egg slash egg talk. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Feed barley is down ten dollars to three twenty sixty one a metric ton. Canola is up seven dollars and sixty cents to seven forty ninety two. Lentils is up ten dollars and twenty cents to seven thirty seven fifty. And number one red spring wheat is down fifty four cents at three forty eight seventy nine. The rest were unchanged. Durham at five oh five twenty three. Chickpeas ten thirty six seventeen. Flax five sixty one fifty four. Oats 262.32, yellow peas 365.89, and feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is down one and a half cents to eight dollars and thirty-two cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 6:20 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Hardline Livestock here in Moose Jaw. A couple hundred cattle on offer here at our Tuesday regular sale. This cow market was on definitely a lower trend. Lots of these cows showing up in these drier areas. No end in sight on that front right now. Good, big, strong cows, 133 to 139, sales to 144 and 50. Medium cows, 125 to 133. The good, big bulls, 155 to 172. We did have one big bull bring 176 and 50. Yearlings are selling well. We're going to have 600 of them showing up here next Tuesday, August 8th at our regular sale. For more market information, give Heartland Mooshaw a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And now the latest pork prices for the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. A little bit up today. It's at $249.21 per CKG. Coming up after the break, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRN. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Global prices for food commodities like rice and vegetable oil have risen for the first time in months. The higher costs come after Russia ended a deal allowing Ukraine to ship grain and India restricted some rice exports. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization says its index of food prices increased 1.3% in July over June. Commodity prices have been falling, but the trade restrictions and the end of the grain deal threatened to increase food insecurity and the prices people pay to eat in developing nations. Statistics Canada says the unemployment rate 
ticked up to 5.5% in July as job creation lags behind population growth. July marks the third consecutive month that the unemployment rate has risen. StatsCan says the economy lost a modest 6,400 jobs. The federal agency says job losses were led by the construction industry, while the greatest job gains were made in health care and social assistance. On the markets, the TSX is up 109 points to 20,230. The Dow is down 66 points to 35,149. Oil is up $1.17 to $82.72 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 74.80 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand SaskAg Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for another edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day and a long weekend. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.